Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. If you get your Bibles open to 1 Thessalonians, that's where we're going to be. And uh, we had a great service, the first service, a great time of communion. We're going to be taking up communion at the end of the service. Um, but I want to I preach this this morning. So, so tying together, continuing on the theme of being a disciple, making a disciple, being one, making one. Um, we've been talking for the last couple months about that. And uh, we, last week we talked about the will of God. How many got something from that message last week about the perfect will of God? Amen. And, and today I want to go a little deeper in that, but I want to make it a little more tangible and daily because last week was about big decisions and stuff like that. And, and we wonder, what is the will of God? Well, the answer is right here on the screen. The will of God is our sanctification. Okay, sanctification. And, and if you're new in the Lord and you don't know what that means, that's exciting because you're going to know by the time this is over. And I'm going to explain it real good. And I'm going to make it real clear for you. But I want, I want you to think about this. The will of God is our sanctification, and that sanctification comes through the Word of God. We live our lives based on what the Word of God says. Amen? And, and I want to go back to maybe the first message, whenever that was in this series. I don't remember exactly what date it was. And talk about how the, the thing that kind of really got my spirit going on this, besides the fact that this is our, our vision and it's God's vision for the church about discipleship, is that I would run into people all the time who, who claim to be a Christian, who say they're a believer, but their lives don't line up with the word. The way they, they talk or the way they, and I'm not saying that in a judgmental way, uh, the, you know, the, sometimes they, the people don't see people say, people say don't judge me. The Bible says that you're, you're judged by your works. People will know you by your works. And so you, you have to see works in a person's life. You have to see fruit in a person's life. There has to be, if you go by a tree and it's dead and there's no fruit, what is it? Dead. Right? No one wants to grab fruit off a dead tree because there's nothing there. We need to bear fruit. And so that's part of our lives. We should be bearing fruit. So I would see these things, and, and, and it got to a place where I, may, I make this statement, and I believe it, and I've been talking about this for a while, that the church, the problem with a lot of these people is they, they do believe in God. I believe they do love God, but they have not been discipled. They have not been discipled. They have not had somebody in their life speaking to them directly and saying, this is an area of your life that's not lining up with the word of God or preaching the truth or being accountable to the truth to where you can say, listen, I, I hear that. Now, how do I line that up with the word of God? And so these people, a lot of people have not been discipled. How many want to be disciples this morning? Of Jesus Christ. Do you want to be followers, pupils, teachers, students of Jesus? To be like Jesus is what a disciple is. Amen? And so if we want to be that way, then we have to line our lives up with the Word of God. And, and to go even further than that is the church today does not, and when I say the church today, in case you're new, I'm not talking specifically about our church. I'm talking about the church. You know when the, when the United States does what's called the State of the Union? It's saying what the United States is the State of the Union is. I'm talking today about the State of the Church. In the, in the world, and not specifically ours, the church world today. And, and so the other thing we're not doing is we're not holding to a standard. The church does not have a standard. That was a good place to say amen. Let me help you a little bit to help me this morning. Amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. 
All right, now you do that a little more during the service, amen, without me having to tell you. Somebody say, preach on. Preach on. Somebody say, that's a good word. Somebody say, keep going. Somebody say, we love you, Pastor. All right, we warmed up now? All right, now then, now during the service, if I say something that's, that triggers to your Holy Spirit inside of you, then you say those things without me telling you. Amen. So we have to have a standard. We have to have a, a, a life of holiness, a, something that makes us different. And so we're going to get into that this morning. And I'm going to get into some areas in our lives that we're going to talk about. And, and, and I really believe that God is going to do something powerful in us. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. Now, I love simple answers. Is anybody else like me? Like, if you say, hey, what color is that? Blue. You know, can I have something to eat? Yes. Amen. Do I look good? Yes. Those kind of answers, right? You ask a question, get a quick answer. So you say, what is the will of God? Here's your answer. For this is the will of God. So I like when, how many have ever said that? What's the will of God for my life? How many have ever asked that question? If you haven't, you need to be. But here's, he says, here's, this is the will of God, your sanctification. Now we're going to see in a moment what that exactly means. If you're taking notes, write that word down, because that's an important word to have written down, sanctification. I'm going to clarify that. I'm going to explain it. I'm going to go over it. But one thing that's very interesting to me about this as we get into this, and I could have read them all and came back, is the first thing he says in this word is that you would abstain from sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. The reason that God talks, and all our kids are back here, okay, the younger kids, the reason it says sexual immorality is because that is first and foremost in God's heart. That was a gift from God. Okay, you're not doing the amen very good. Preach on, amen. Uh, that was a gift from God, and his plan is and always has been and always will be that sex would be between a man and a woman in a covenant of marriage. I'm waiting for the preach on. Good word. That's what the Bible says. Okay? And so anything outside of that... A man and a woman in a covenant of marriage is sexual immorality. Anything else. Starts with that. He says this first. He says this is important to me. That you would, and he doesn't say that you would sometimes, but that you would abstain. Abstain means not do. Okay? From sexual immorality. Can Stay with me. Verse 4. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel. Go like this. Your own vessel. This is your vessel, okay, your body. And he says, how do, we, how, do we, how do I handle my own vessel? In sanctification and honor. Not in the passion of lust. Like the Gentiles, watch this, who do not know God. There is no way that we as Christians should be living like people who don't know God. We should be living like people who know God and want our lives to line up with his word. So uh, stay with me. Amen. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Verse 5, 6, sorry. That no one should take advantage of and defraud in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we forewarned you and testified. Now look at this next two verses. This is so powerful. God did not call us to uncleanness 
but in now holiness for I said I want to take two seconds on this is not what a lot of people think it has a part of but a lot of people have been raised in churches that are even called holiness churches and and they think that they're holy because they have long skirts and don't wear pants and don't wear makeup and don't have and his hair's a certain way or whatever and it's a sin to wear makeup it's a sin and and there, there's a thought of that's what holiness is listen it's a sin for some of you women not to wear makeup just kidding <laughs> Just kidding. I was just quoting my pastor. Amen. <laughs> that was straight from Pastor Jones, right? He patented that one. Amen. <laughs> and it's not my wife, let me tell you, because she looks good with or without. Praise God. I'm not, don't raise your hands or anything. You don't want to go anywhere else from that. Amen. But a lot of people think that's what holiness is. That is something that comes out. We should be dressing modest. We should have that. But that's something that comes out of what's inside. Okay? Eight. Watch this. Therefore, he or she who rejects this, everything I just said, does not reject Pastor Blake or Pastor Mario or Pastor Andrews or any pastor that's preaching the word of God. They reject but God. Now, if any of you in here want to fight with God, be my guest. Be my guest. You're going to lose. And you're going to lose bad. And you're going to lose eternally. He who tries to fight with God is dumb. That should be in the Bible. <laughs> Let's add that in there. Amen. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man. This, the word of God. But God who has also, now this is important, he's given us the Holy Spirit. That's really key to this message. He's given us the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you this morning for this great group of people who came in today lord they could be home watching the cowboys they could be home doing something else they could they could be somewhere else but they're here and, and you brought them here you brought us together this morning because you're building a church that's not afraid lord to stand up for your word and to live a holy life and to be different to to walk into who you've called us to be lord i bind every spirit of darkness every every spirit of witchcraft and sorcery every spirit that comes against the truth I pray that there would be a cleansing and a healing and, a, and, a, and a, an anointing upon your word today and that we would leave different than when we came in, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. So we're talking about sanctification. Now, just to make this a little clearer, I want to tell you what exactly that means, to make it easy, because sanctification is kind of a big word. And the, the ION part is important, and I'll get to that in a second, because the ION means it's progressive, it's continuing in, right? Sanctification, purification, okay? And so sanctification means this, to be set apart. To be set apart. From who? From the world. Not living on a mountaintop, but in how we live, in how we talk, in how we carry ourselves. It started off with sexual immorality. It went to lust of the flesh. It went into a lot of other things. I'm going to deal with some things this morning to get us to think about. It's things that we do in this vessel. This vessel that is, is God's. And I'm just going to say this right now before, in case I forget. This, this vessel that is not my own anymore. If you hear and you're, you're here and you say, I believe in Jesus, I love Jesus, then this body's not yours anymore. It's not yours to make the decisions about. You, you obey, as Pastor Mario said, the word of God for your vessel. And it's, it's not yours anymore. You, you don't own it. You can't say, I believe in Jesus, but you can't have my body. If, if you believe in Jesus, you're no longer your own. You're his. You've been bought with a price. So it says to be set apart 
or for a sacred purpose. See, before we knew Jesus, we, we had a purpose, but it was not to glorify God. And now that I'm saved, I have a purpose, and it is to glorify God. It is to honor God. It is to lift up God. It is to, it's to do something for God. Amen. It's to set apart for Him. And so something important is that we must understand is uh, we're also consecrating ourselves to God. Meaning that everything I do, why do we pray? Because we consecrate the food. We, we do those things in consecration. We say, Lord, I give this to you. Thank you for this food. Bless it to the nourishment of our body. We're consecrating. Another one is this, to be free from sin. Now you say, how can I be free from sin? It, you, you are free from sin when Jesus forgives you, but you have to confess it and ask, and he'll forgive you. Another one is purify. These are all words out of sanctification. To be purified, to be consecrated, to be set apart for a separate purpose. Okay, and that purpose is that others would follow Jesus. Now, this is important. I get this this morning. Very important. There's two ways, that, two things that happen in that word sanctification. One is called positional. How many have a position at your job? You have a position in a sport. Positions are very important. Position is, is the place you stand and, and what you're supposed to do. And so there's a, there's a positional sanctification, which is what happened when you came to the altar and you gave Jesus Christ your life. Now here's the awesome gospel good news. And when you came to the altar, I could have came as a murderer. I could have came as a fornicator. I could have came as a liar. I could have came as an adulterer. I could have came as anything that you want to write down, and that was me when I came to the Lord. But when I said, Jesus, I accept you into my heart, come into my life, the Bible says immediately I was forgiven of all my sins. Everything I've ever done in the past of my life is gone and forgotten and erased and I'm washed in the blood of Jesus, and I'm immediately changed. I have a position now that I used to be creation of God. Now I am a child of God. Position changed. I have a position now. Amen. Thank you. Keep it up. Keep it up. Amen. I have a position now. So that's given to me at the altar. But the other part that's very important is the progressive, which means every day now, Every day, I was over here, and I was lost. I was over here, and I was in darkness. Now I'm in light. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And so that was me over there. And when I got saved, I was given a position. And now, every day of my life, God's will for me is for the position I have progressively to go further away from who I was and closer to who God is. That's what sanctification is. Amen. Did you get that? Further away from who I was and closer to who God is. And that progression will never end until Jesus comes back or until I breathe my last breath. You will never get to a point where you stop and say, I have arrived. You are constantly progressing towards. And sometimes, this is what you don't want to happen, but it can. Sometimes in your progression towards sanctification in the pro progressive part, not the positional, you can sometimes drop back. Has anybody ever dropped back? Am I talking to anybody real here? You've dropped back. And then, the, oh, I, what am I doing back over here? And you start progressing back towards going towards what God wants for your life. And so sanctification is that mentality that I'm no longer who I used to be. 
But here's the problem, and we're going to get into this this morning. I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 2. The problem is, is in the church world, that's not being preached. It's not being preached. And again, this is the state of the union. What's being preached in the church today is motivational speaking. And, and, and you can believe in God, but you can still do whatever you want. You can have your cake and eat it too. That's what the church world is preaching, I'm telling you. And if you haven't been to any other churches, you need to thank God. I'm not trying to make us look better. But you need to thank God that we're a church that's trying and striving to preach the truth. There's a lot of garbage out there. There's a lot of fluff out there. There's a lot of motivational speaking out there. And there's a lot of people sitting in church today that are going to go to hell. They're going to go to hell. Not because God wants them to go to hell, but because they're choosing to listen with itching ears of what I want to hear. And what, hey, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Because no matter what you want to do in your life, you can find a YouTube preacher who will tell you it's okay. You search long enough, you're going to get down to that. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Oh, 50 million views. Oh, that must be right. And whatever you're doing in your life, you find somebody going to tell you it's okay. Amen. But we got to get to the Word. So let's see what the Word says in 1 Peter chapter 2. He says, therefore, if you're walking in sanctification, lay aside all malice, all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, <clears throat> and evil speaking. Watch this. As newborn babes, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may stay small and in diapers. That you may be a 30-year-old carrying a bottle around. Or a chupeta. Chupon. Right? That's not what it says. What does it say? It says that you may. We're supposed to be growing in God. We're supposed to be maturing in God. We're supposed to be learning the word and, and turning away from those things we used to do and walking towards God and, and now desiring the meat. Amen. How many know meat is better than milk? Can, does anybody believe that in here? The vegetarians can stay quiet. Amen. <clears throat> if you're a vegetarian, God bless you. I don't envy you. I thank God for when he told Peter, rise up and eat, kill. Kill it all, eat it all. I thank God. Thank God. We were at the, at the Jazz Fest a couple years ago, and this, we were giving out those samples of barbecue, and this lady walks up to me. There's a girl, I think she was a teenager. She goes, oh, I'm a vegetarian. I said, I'm sorry. I wanted to pray for her right there. We need to desire meat. And a disciple and a pure Christian says, I'm leaving that milk stuff and I'm going to grow. And I'm going to get the truth. And I'm going I'm to do what's right. And I'm going to set myself aside and I'm going to grow. And watch this. Because he says, if, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. Has anybody in here tasted how gracious God is? Anybody who knows the Lord? Anybody tasted him? tasted how good he is, how merciful he is, how loving he is, how powerful he is, how awesome he is. So he says, if you love me and you've tasted that, then grow up. Then grow up. Amen. Get, get, on, get on the meat. So there are many areas, 
many areas <clears throat> in our lives where we, where we can tangibly see, because I want to talk about tangible things, where last week was more about general and decisions. I want to talk about areas that are affecting and attacking our people in the church today. It's sad to me, watch this, stay with me, it's sad to me today that, that we have to be more careful sometimes of the people in the church affecting the church world than we do the world affecting the church. Can I say that again? That as a pastor, I have to be more afraid of the wolves being pastors or church members than the world. That, that, that it's infiltrated the church and the church no longer stands for holiness. No longer has a standard. And, and we're seeing that all, all across the board in the world. And church, listen, I'm going to tell you one word this morning. God has not changed. His word has not changed. He says the flowers will fade away, the word, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. It will never change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not going to change. I'm not going to change. I don't, care. He just, I don't care how much society changes. He says I'm not changing. I change not. And thank God for that. How sad would it be today to have listened to God for 25 years and all of a sudden he said, Blake, we're going a different direction. Man, 25 years worth of learning, you know, you're going to change on me. People change things, but God hasn't changed. And so I want you to practice something with here this morning because I'm going I'm to get into your backyard this morning for a second. Maybe into your, into your living room. Thank you. Can somebody else help me there? Now I want you to say this with me. I love you, Pastor. Okay, I want you to remember that. Do you mean it? Do you love me? I'm going to preach on something that most people are afraid to preach on. But it's necessary. I'm going to mention a few things this morning that are very vivid and very visual and very open and very out there because it's being preached by a lot of people, so I'm going to attack it. I'm talking about tattoos and piercings. I'm going to preach it whether you shout me down or not, but, but it's good stuff. Now, I, you know how I teach, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it in a loving way. I'm not mad at anybody, and I have nobody in my mind, I promise. I'm not thinking of somebody as I preach this. It's the Holy Spirit. And I've preached this before, but it's been a while, so we need to refresh it. Because I'm going to tell you how tired I am of hearing pastors get up. and I, say, I, don't, I don't watch a lot, but sometimes I watch to see what y'all are watching. Make sure that what's out there. And I'm tired of seeing pastors get up. I've seen it get up in their pulpit and tell the congregation, I'm getting a new tattoo this week. And I need you all to text me and tell me what I should get. I'm tired of that. What, what in the world are we wasting our time from the pulpit about tattoos? About what tattoo I'm going to get? And so I'm going to speak up about the fact that I believe it's not right. Now, let me say something real quick, all you who have tattoos. We have enough tattoos in this place to paint the whole church that are already on us. Okay? We got a lot of color in here of skin and on the skin. <laughs> Amen. There's a, lot of t there's a lot of ink in here. But I'm talking now not to those past things you've done, but I'm talking now to what should a Christian do now? Should as a Christian I be putting more tattoos on my body? Should as a Christian, should I be piercing my body? Should as a Christian, should I be listening to worldly music? Oh, it's getting quiet in here now. See, this is the kind of preaching that brings true revival. 
This is the kind of preaching I got saved under. And it's still the truth today. I don't care what changes. I don't care who changes. I don't care what the church does. The Bible has not changed. Tell me I love you, Pastor. I'm going to look, look at Leviticus 19, okay? Now, yes, I'm going to the Old Testament. But I know as I go to the Old Testament that somebody's going to get offended because they're going to think, we don't live in the Old Testament no more. I don't want to be in the Old Testament. That's old. But guess what? The Old Testament is the New Testament revealed. Concealed in the New Testament, the Old Testament revealed. Come on. Y'all's not shouting me down enough. Some of you teenagers already heard this. Y'all should be on fire with me. I'm going to throw this out quick because I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because there's some gray areas. There's gray areas in a lot of stuff. And you know, what I, you know what I like to do on gray areas? Stay away from them. You know what that means? That means if I'm not sure, can y'all stay with me here for a second? I didn't say this in the first message. If I'm not sure about something, then why would I mess with it? If there's a doubt, if there's a possibility, if something inside of me is saying, well, I wonder. If you say, well, I wonder, you're already halfway in. Are you with me? So just, I just want to give an example. Because when you talk about piercings, lots of ladies have earrings. Lots of, uh, there's a lot of different things. And we're going to start taking our earrings out. And all, there's a lot, but I do want to mention some. Uh, for example, I'm just going to throw out an example. Just to kind of show you which way I'm going here. Tongue piercing, for example. I don't know why in the world, if anybody has one here, that's great if you want to have that in your mouth. Uh, I don't know why you want that there, but if you have one, that's you. But just to give you an idea on tongue piercings, there's an origin for everything. What does that mean? That means everything we do has a reason. And there's a background to it. And there was a reason why the first person pierced their tongue. And you go back to history and you read, why did the first person pierce their tongue? Because how many know we have a history? And history repeats itself. There's nothing new under the sun. So with piercing, for example, in the tongue, that was started by the Aztecs and the Mayan Indians. And the reason they pierced their tongue was for blood sacrifice. That's why they did it. So if you're piercing your tongue, the origin of you piercing your tongue is blood sacrifice. I'm just throwing this out so you get an understanding where I'm going with this. Uh, to preach it good and go on pastor and all that's dying down a little bit for some reason. Uh, we're not kind of at the same place as I was a few minutes ago. Okay? But I'm still going to preach, but I just feel better when y'all help me out. Now, let's look at Leviticus 19, that old book that surely can't be good for today. Because the Old Testament is just that example stuff. just the examples we're supposed to live from, right? Now we've been talking about, it's just that examples. So he says, you shall not eat anything with the blood. Has that been fixed in the New Testament? Yeah, it has. Yeah, we can eat meat with blood now. Cook it, obviously. Don't cook it too much because it don't taste as good. <laughs> but you can eat meat with the blood. That's addressed in read your New Testament. It's addressed. Nor shall you practice divination. Can we still do that? We can't do that. Can we do that now? Why not? Because it hasn't been addressed. Because nowhere in the New Testament did it say you can now preach, you can now practice divination. Are you all with me? Is everybody still here? Don't lose me here. If you lose me here, you'll lose it all. Got to stay with me. I'm reading Leviticus. I said you shall not eat anything with the blood. That's been addressed. Let Let me make this clear. Everything in the Old Testament 
is addressed in the New Testament. If it is not addressed, it continues. Where in the Bible did, did the New Testament ever say stop tithing? It was addressed, it was not readdressed, so it continues. Are y'all still here? So this eating something with the blood was readdressed in the New Testament. It was dealt with. Now we know we can eat meat with blood. We pray for it and all that. But I don't see anywhere in the New Testament it says, now that you're under the grace of God, practice divination. Okay, what is the next one? Soothsaying. I think that since this is Old Testament, we should all start, I want you to go home today, this week, and start practicing divination. Let's see who gets the best at it. Are you all with me? No, we're not supposed to do that, right? So that still stands, right? Okay, what does it say next? Now here's the verse. See, you've got a pastor that studies stuff out, and you've got a pastor who likes to listen to what everybody else says. Because the sad thing is, if you want to put in on YouTube, can a Christian get a tattoo today, you're going to find a whole lot more sermons that say you can than say you can't. And so it must be right. It must be right because everybody says you can. And I fear for those people. I can't imagine getting up and telling you guys to do stuff like that. I can't imagine it. I mean, if you're doing that stuff, that's on you. If I'm doing that stuff, it's on me. But to get up here and preach it and tell you to go get one, or you should get one, there's nothing wrong with that. So stay with me. Here's what they say. Here's the verse they use. They, people who want to do stuff like to pull like trail mix. And so this verse, since it says you should not shave around the sides of your head, nor say you disfigure the, the edges of your beard, they say, okay, if you're going to take the other verses, then that means you can't shave your head and disfigure your beard. Not talking literally about shaving your head. He's about talking about disfiguring your beard and shaving your head for the idols. To the idols. With the intent of that. With the figuration in your hair. You know, sometimes when those guys do all that crazy stuff in their hair, they're getting close to that. They would do stuff like that in their hair to the gods and different things like that. So there's intentions behind what you do. How many are still here? Next verse, watch this. This is going to blow some of y'all away. Do not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead. So that means it's okay to cut your flesh if they're not for the dead. Okay, just making sure we're all smart here. Now look at this, teenagers. Look at this, parents. The word tattoo is in the Bible. It's there. It's there. Where in the world does it say in the Bible that I can't get a tattoo? Right there. Nor tattoo any marks. Wait, hold on. Nor tattoo, or take away the nor. Tattoo marks that have crosses, John 3.16, pictures of Jesus. It says, nor tattoo any marks on you. Now, let me stop for a second because I did this more often in the first service, and I'm being a little meaner to y'all. If you have tattoos, I already told you, that's the past. Don't be condemned for the rest of this message. I want, I'm, I'm looking to the future. What should a Christian do now that I'm a new creation? What should, I, should, I, should I do these things now that I know the truth? Because some, some of you weren't even sober when you got some of your tattoos. And how sad is it for those people that, that were in, that guy that was in love with Sue and he married Beth? How sad is that? Right? 
nor tattoo any marks. Stay with me, teenagers. Nor tattoo any marks. I am the Lord. So, but I was only the Lord in the Old Testament. I was only the Lord back then for them because they were worse than you guys. Okay, so there's the, there's the word, real clear. Now look what the next thing says. This is really powerful. Oh, 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 freeze that. Go back for a second, Chris. I forgot something real important. This is really good, really important. That's the only, here's what they'll say, that's the only verse in the Bible that says that. That's the only verse, just one. Well, there's only one verse that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe him would not perish but have everlasting life. So let's throw that out too. Oh, I'm preaching so much better than your amen to me. Let me come over here to this side. Pastor Mario and Downs will help me. My wife will help me out. Jose will help me out back there. Next verse. Do not prostitute your daughter to cause her to be a harlot, lest the land fall into harlotry and the land become full of wickedness. Now, before we go to the next verse, what's before the tattoo and after tattoo? Prostitution. Uh, sorcery, divination. Kind of funny where tattoos is mixed in there, ain't it? Right in the middle of all that. Do not prostitute. Okay, next verse. Watch this. Here's, the, here's, here's where we're going with this. You shall keep my Sabbaths. That's also talked about in the New Testament. Sabbath is any day that you choose. We choose Sunday because it's the day of resurrection, resurrection, but that's dealt with in the New Testament. Some people do Saturday. Some people do Sunday. He says, don't worry about which day you do it. Just do it. Some people don't do the Sabbath good either. It's the whole day, amen. Anyways, next, that'll be another sermon. Watch this. And reverence my sanctuary. What is God's sanctuary? Is it this? Is it this? It's not this? What is it? The vessel, the body. Reverence my sanctuary. Y'all still here? Reverence that. I am the Lord. Okay? So when I go to mark something on my body, let me, let me ask you this question. I'm gonna, I could use your house and you even get maybe a little more upset, but I know you love this church. I know you love God. What if we just showed up this morning to church and the church would have been graffitied? Would you have been upset? Stay with me. Would you have been mad if you saw, even if you saw the words, Jesus is Lord? I'd have been mad. Even if it said Jesus is Lord on the side of the building, it, it, a good word. Why? Because we didn't give them permission to graffiti the sanctuary. When did God give you permission to graffiti your body? I wish that was on. Come on. When? Think about it. This is the vessel now. This is the sanctuary now. When did God give you? Now, here's the thing. I'm going to get real real with you here. Let me show you a verse first before I say it. 1 Corinthians 6. How many still here? How many still love me? Still love me? See, a, a strong, healthy church loves this kind of preaching. Because we're not the way we used to be. We're not who we used to be. We're, a, we're different now. And I'm not trying to be like the world. I came out of the world, and the world never did nothing for me. Why would I want to hang out with that old world? Amen. Or do you not know? Now we're going to go to the New Testament. Now you'll, now you'll pay attention. 
do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So this is the sanctuary. So I have no right to do whatever I want with this body. It's not mine. Whom you have from God, you are not your own. You're not your own. I'm not my own. This is not my body. This is God's. And going back to Thessalonians, I'm supposed to honor God with this body. It means everything I do with this body needs to honor him. Physically, mentally, spiritually, needs to honor him. Okay? Y'all still here? Now, I want to show you just something to think about. I talked about origins earlier and, and, and where things come from because that's very important. Why we do things. And so I mentioned to you about the piercing of the tongue, just as an example. And you can go Google that. Everything's on Google now. So you can see I'm telling the truth. You can go History Channel. You can go look at that stuff. And, and so the origin of the tattoo, this is going to blow some of you away, is found on a man in 3700 B.C. who was frozen, very preserved body, right after the flood. Not too long after the flood, after Noah's flood. The, this, this man was found, and he had tattoo marks all over his body. And they say that that's the oldest, farthest back they can find tattoo marks on a body. Here's the interesting thing. When that man got those tattoos, they, they, they studied, he was cutting his skin with a knife, and he was putting charcoal into the cut and then healing it up for arthritis, for pain in his joints, and for healing of his body. And so he had, sorry, 66 tattoos on his body. But guess where the tattoos were? And the tattoos weren't circles or squares. They were lines. They were all over his body on his joints. Ankles, knees, elbows, hips. So if you have a tattoo here, and you want to have that tattoo on your body by the origin, you got it for the wrong reason. You don't even have it for the right reason. You've been lied to. You've been deceived. You thought you, were, you thought you were doing your own thing and following everything else that was cool. No, you weren't even doing it right. You did, you did your tattoo wrong. It's supposed to be, that, that, that's what they said, the first one for medicine. That's, that's the origin. See, when we start going to the origin of things, I'm going to touch this for five seconds. One, two, three, four, five, it's over. Just kidding. I'm going to touch this. Brian told me I needed to hear a little bit more on the music. So I'm going to hit five seconds on the music. But I want to keep hearing to preach the word. Go, pastor. Love you, pastor. What's the origin of music? What's the origin of music? The origin of music is worship to God. Who came in and stole that? This man called Lucifer who fell from heaven into hell and reinvented music. And now music is to glorify Satan. Anything that does not glorify God is not, is, is not, is not, I'm not saying it's glorifying Satan, but we shouldn't be listening to things that don't glorify God. That don't li lift up our spirit and don't, we, because we're, we're, we're partaking with the world. What good is it? Why do you want to waste your time with something that doesn't feed you? Music's powerful. Music's powerful. And the devil knows it. Don't shut me down. Don't shout me out. Here's the, here's the ending result of everything I've said so far. What's your motive for why you do what you do? 
If you come to me and you say, and I've had it asked a million times over the years, should I get a tattoo? Can I get a tattoo? Is it okay to get a tattoo? I've always given people these answers and said, what's your reason? Why do you want a tattoo? And so you need to check your motives and say, why am I getting a tattoo? Listen to what Proverbs 21, verse 2 says. Here's an interesting verse. Every man of a, sorry, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the heart. The, what, the, what the New Living Translation says, the Lord examines the hearts. And so we, we say, this is what I think is right. And God says, okay, let me examine your heart on why you did that. Now, if someone, if someone in here can tell me, hey, Pastor, God's telling me. Like Pastor Mario said at the offering, we can't go against what God says. If God's telling you in an audible voice, go tattoo, you better do it. You better listen to him. But you better make sure it's God because it's probably not. Because God wouldn't go against his word. So a lot of people say God told me, but it's not God. It's the devil because he dresses as an angel of light. Because God's not going to say something that goes against his own word. He doesn't do a double standard. He doesn't forget like we do. And then Hebrews 4.12, I don't have that verse, but it says there that he, he discerns and the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word does. The word does. Now, I'm going to give you a challenge as I close this morning. Open challenge. And this is going to be online. To anybody who's listening around the world, you come to me and you give me biblical evidence that it's okay to get a tattoo. You come and show me where the Bible says that we should. Because if, if you can't do that, why in the world would you do something so serious to your body, so permanent to your body, without any assurance that it's okay? Why would you do that? Now, again, remember, love you, Pastor. A lot of us have tattoos. From, well, I shouldn't say a lot of us, but people, I don't have any. I, but a lot of people have tattoos from the past. That's your past. I'm going to be honest. I think it's kind of cool a lot of you have tattoos. It makes us church look cool. Because it shows our past. It shows our history. And it allows people to walk in and say, man, there's people in here with tattoos. I got tattoos. I, I don't have to leave. I'm welcome here. But those tattoos are from the, from the past. Oh, that person used to be a drug dealer. Oh, but that was from the. Oh, I can relate here. Man, I came out. I, I'm, I'm living in a homosexual lifestyle right now. But that person used to be. Oh, that was from the. There's, I can change here because they're not practicing that anymore. That was from the, that means I can change too. So I want to challenge anybody, anything you want to do. You want to do anything. that We wasn't even mentioned today. You come show me in the scriptures, and I'll say, go ahead. But you better do what you do based on scriptures, because I've showed you this morning very clearly in one verse. It's all you need. Do not tattoo your body. Do not mark your body. Do not, or sorry, abstain from sexual immorality. Now let's finish here. First Peter chapter 2, before Christmas fingers get tired. Watch this. Y'all get excited with me because this is why God says this. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness, not into darkness, out of darkness, into his marvelous light. Has anybody come out of darkness and into his marvelous light?
Why would you ever want to go back into the darkness again? Has the darkness ever done anything for you except hurt you and steal from you and rob you and take from you? He's only stolen from you. Why do you want to hang out with that man who stole from you? Come away from that stuff. Because you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Who had obtained mercy, who, sorry, who had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. Is anybody thankful for mercy? Is anybody thankful for mercy? I know I am. I'd be in hell right now if it wasn't for the mercy of God. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now watch this, beloved. I beg you. I beg you as sojourners. It's a tough word to say. And pilgrims. We, we have too many Christians today who are camping out in the world. They're camping out. They're, they're, too, they're too friendly with the world. They, they want to be like the world and still be saved. And it don't help when you have pastors telling you can. And you should. We have, we have people in this church who have been delivered from alcohol. Alcoholics that had ruined, ruined lives. People in here who have had DUIs. People in here who are, who are looking at time in jail or been in jail. People who have been drunk. All kinds of crazy stuff. But you've got pastors and churches who say it's okay to drink. We're a crazy church this morning. We're wild and ridiculously weird. Because we don't believe in drinking alcohol. Not a drop. We're going to take communion in a second. And there's not going to be any wine in there. Because some of y'all will be t- drinking it all. If you got a taste of it again, you'd be drinking it all. Is anybody still here? Am I preaching the truth? So you got pastors and churches and people in the church saying, hey, come over to our house. We won't do it at church, but we're all mature Christians. We can drink over here. We're not going to get drunk. How do you know what's drunk? What's, what's God's drunk? That's a scary line. See, that's a gray area. I'll stay away from it. I'll stay away from the appearance. That's like drinking a little bit of poison. not going to hurt me. A little bit. You know that's what they put in rat poison? You know how they kill rats? With a little bit of poison. They can't smell it or taste it. If they smelt it or tasted it, they wouldn't eat it. But they put just enough in there to kill them. That's all the devil wants to do. Just get you a little bit. But we have standards here. Standards. And we're peculiar. Watch this. Abstain from fleshly lust, which war against your soul. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. That when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for the spirit that's here of a mature church who's learning and growing. And for those that are not here that are mature, your word has been spoken to them today and they can grow. They can listen. They can heed. This isn't a message of condemnation because your word says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You have taken us out of darkness and you have brought us into your marvelous light this morning. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place, 
The presence of God is here this morning. How many? How many could say as the ushers are, are heading forward to begin to prepare for the communion, stay in the re- spirit of reverence. How many could say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior this morning. I know I need to be born again right now. I need to change my life. I need to come out of darkness into light. Just lift your hand and say, pray for me right now. Just put it up and put it right back down. I need Jesus all over this place. God bless you. I see your hand. How many more? God bless you. God bless you. How many more? I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I, I, I've, I've listened to you preach this word to me this morning, and, and you've said that, that I can be a child of God, and that sounds amazing to me. All you got to do is put your faith in Jesus. He paid a price for you. This is the will of God that you'd set yourself apart. How many more? Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you're here and you've been living a secret lifestyle. Maybe you've been living in sin and you've been acting a certain way. But listen, it's better to come, come, come clean before the, your church than have to come clean before God on judgment day. Secret sins. Boy, when I got saved, I ran to that altar. We had a man in the first service run to the altar at the beginning of the message. The Holy Spirit was touching him so much. Don't wait for someone else to say, you say, God, I need to change today. Today's my day. Today's my day. As we stand to our feet, if you're here and you're backslidden and you're running away and you're, 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 you're disobeying God's word this morning and you need to change, listen, you can say, God, forgive me, and today it'll start all over. New slate. Brand new creation. New slate. Everything will be wiped away. But you got to make a decision. you got to put your faith in Jesus. If you raised your hand, I want you to quickly do one thing. I want you to step out of your seat and come down to this altar. If you raised your hand, just step out and come down here. We're going to pray for you this morning. If you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to make a decision to give Jesus your life this morning, come down here. Come on. You're backslidden. You're running from God. You need to come down and get saved. Give your, put your faith in Jesus. Come on. How many more? Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but something's telling you. You better go. You better go. I, you, this is your day. This is your day. Today's the day. Come on, we'll wait just five more seconds. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. How many more? I'm going to wait just a few more seconds. The Holy Spirit's tugging. You have to say, Lord, today I'm making a change. I know what's right. I know what's wrong. I know what I should do. I know what I shouldn't do. Your word's spoken to me. I'm making a change. I'm repenting of my sins. I'm repenting this morning. Come on. What? Five more seconds. I don't want anybody to leave this place without knowing. Come on, five more seconds, five more seconds, five, four, come on, you don't know Jesus, just step out, just step out, I want to be saved this morning, I want to get my heart right with God, if you stood before God right now, would you be ready, would you be in good standing, repent, turn, turn away from your sins, hallelujah, Hallelujah. I've been set free. Maybe you're here and you want to be set free from something this morning. We'll take just a moment. If you need to be set free from something, come down. Come on, let us pray for you. you need to be set free from something. Drugs, alcohol, anger, unforgiveness, whatever it is. Come on, the Bible says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord, I once was lost. But now, but now I am found, was blind, but now I see, amazing grace, amazing.
Everybody say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I've made mistakes and I'm separated from you because of my sin nature, the lusts of my flesh, my desires, my disobedience. But I also know you came down from heaven to live a perfect life. Take my place. And while I was a sinner, you died for me. Jesus, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And then you rose from the dead to defeat death. Jesus, come into my life. I make you Lord from this day forward. Forgive me, cleanse me, change me, transform me. Make me a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I accept you now. Please, by your mercy, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.